0: Last lesson, we spoke about how yehida the essence, which uh, is really what Siddhis is, although it isn't any of the particular levels, it is compatible with all the particular levels. And uh, we demonstrated that by showing how could, be, uh, could enhance each and every one of the four levels of Torah interpretation. So with that in mind, let's continue to uh, chapter 18. Al sif yudzayin. According to what we just said in the beginning of chapter 17, which I just reviewed for you just now, Yuvnu divre Rabbayn in Siena we can now understand the words of our Rebbes Sha'amru which they said Al kama milais about the various different virtues or features qualities of sidis shezo yona shel achsidis kanal that that particular quality is the essence of Chassidus. That's what we were talking about at the beginning of the Sikha. Remember, the very beginning uh, of Kunturus and Yonish we spoke about different descriptions of Chassidus, and we said, well, those are all specific descriptions, so they can't be the essence. Ah, but now we're going to revisit it and say like this. The very nature of an essence is that it doesn't exclude or negate the specific descriptions to the contrary, it is totally compatible with all the particular levels, and in fact, we're going to say even even more than that. Although each one of these particular definitions of chsidis is only a manifestation or an expression of the essential idea of chsedes, like we already said back there, kol makim Nevertheless, al yodon dafka dafka that's the key word. Through them exclusively, misbatis atzmas mehusa is how you really see the essence of Chassidus. Why? How do you see an essence? Who sh'mefafeya mach b'chol It is in its permeating, penetrating all the details. Ad- all the way down to what? The very tiniest granular detail. the Like we said before, the difference between a giloy and an etzim, a revelation or manifestation and an essence. A, a, a manifestation is a particular manifestation. An essence is not particular but yet found within all the particulars. So here is the chidosh, here is the novel point that we're saying at this point. Not only like we just said in the previous chapter is the essence compatible with all the particulars but really this is the irony this is the paradox if you really want to see the essence it's in the particulars that's the point here how do you see the essence what's an essence an essence is in everything it's not limited to one thing So, therefore, how can you see that quality when you see how it even comes down to the most granular little details? So it's dafka, like he says, the word dafka, dafka, it's it's exclusively when you look at the the tiniest details, and the lower, the better. The coarser, the better, the more pedestrian, the better, (laughs) because that's what proves that it's an essence we're talking about because essence is not just going to manifest itself in one way or in another way. It's going to manifest itself in all ways, including even the lowest ways. So when it goes all the way out to the lowest, to the farthest reaches, that's where you see that it's really an essence. Let's continue. This all accords to the principle... This is from Sefer Yetzira. There's a Kabbalistic principle. That the begins are wedged in the ends. Dafka Specifically. Where can you see the highest of the high? When it comes full circle back to the lowest of the low. Everything's cyclical. The lower you can find Hsidus manifest, this is the essence, but the lower the lower the manifestation, until something as low as dealing with the animal soul. Remember, we were speaking about that before. Chassidus as a way of transforming the animal soul. The animal soul is low. Not like the godly soul. Godly soul is high. But when you see how Chassidus deals with the animal soul, which is low, are even lower than that, Not just refining one's animal soul, but refining one's portion in the world that's even lower. Because now you're not just talking about the outer reaches of the person, you're talking about the outer reaches of the world, outside of the person himself. But when Chassidus can reach that far, That's where you see its essence. So it's a paradox. The essence is not the manifestation, and yet, how do you see that an essence is really an essence? By the fact that it is present even in the lowest level manifestations. I like that. Okay. V'lochem therefore. Let's continue. The Rebbe says, "My father-in-law, my Rebbe, emphasized in many of his talks." Any concept you learn in you have to bring it into action. Why? Because when you see the concept brought into action, that's where you see the essence of it. What are we saying? Ideas are abstract. Action is concrete. Right? You know about the rabbi who He did a capital campaign for years, raised $20 million to build a campus. And on the very last, for years of sleepless nights, permits, builders, craziness, fundraising. And finally he got that building built. And on the last day there was was the ribbon cutting ceremony and uh, they had just paved the parking lot. And the rabbi came out a minute before the ribbon cutting ceremony, the mayor was gonna be there and everything. And the cement was still wet in the parking lot. And these little boys came up from Hebrew school and they were playing tag. Oh, and they ran through the wet cement and they tracked it all up. And the rabbi, you know, says after years of hard work, you know, and now he just, he couldn't, he couldn't hold himself back and he just flipped out. He starts screaming at these kids, how could you do this? And at that moment, one of the little boy's fathers pulls up to pick him up from Hebrew school and he says, rabbi, didn't you tell us that anyone who gets angry it's like he worships idols. The rabbi says, yes, but that was in the abstract. This is in the concrete. Ideas are abstract. Action is concrete. Where do you see the essence of Chassidus? Not in its ideas. Of course, it's everywhere. I shouldn't say not in the ideas. But where is it more evident that Chassidus is an essence? It's much more evident that Chassidus is an essence when it's brought into action. Something that can reach all the way down into action is truly present everywhere. If it can only be brought down into the world of ideas, but no further, then you don't see that it's an essence. But where do you see Chassidus as an essence, that it's present everywhere and at every level? When it's brought to the lowest, to the, to the furthest reaches. And that means... Physical action, concrete action. Okay, let's continue chapter 19. We said in chapter 3 that Chsidis is infinite, but really, all Taita is infinite. Remember, I said the, uh, the Jews are like everyone else, only more so. Chsidis is like all of Taita, only more so. So Chsidis is infinite, but all Taita is infinite. So, too, this quality of Siddhas, that it, the, the lower it goes, the more you see its infinity. The same thing with all of Torah. When you see how Torah goes down to the lowest realm, meaning the physical realm, and, and turns it into a vessel for godliness. This applies to all, all Torah. Of course, Mainly it refers to chesidus, but you can see this with all of Torah, how if if Torah is truly infinite, then it's not relegated to the lofty realm. See, we think of infinity as that which is so high, it never stops going, it keeps going high, high, high. Right, well, there's l'may l'may la'adein ketz, or l'mat tamata aden Infinity isn't just that which is so lofty, it's also that which is so grounded it's not just that which is so great that nothing's too great for it infinity equally is that which is so low that there's nothing too low for it nothing so trivial that escapes its grasp or is you know too too insignificant for it so where do we see the infinity of Torah? we see the infinity of Torah. not just that the higher you go the the you know you never stop finding Torah. the hashem's wisdom goes to the highest realms and, and beyond, it never stops. But really more so the fact that you find the relevance of Toyota the lower you go. The lower you go, you keep going and you keep digging and Toyota continues to be relevant. What do we mean low? We're talking about human lowness. We're talking about our dark twists and turns of, of character. We're talking about our, our personality defects. We're talking about Yitzhahara. We're gonna say the dirty word in a second, Yitzhahara. Okay, let, let's continue. This is the meaning of the saying of our sages. Hashem says, look, I created a yitzahara, an evil inclination, but don't worry, I created teta tavlin. Tavlin means a spice or a remedy. In the old days, remedies were spices. That's why, by the way, you're not allowed to take medicine in Shabbos, because it's a rabbinical decree, lest you grind spices. At any rate, the double meaning of tavlin will become important later. That's why I'm defining it now as medicine or medicine. Or spice. But let's continue. Seemingly this saying is strange. Of all the worlds, this physical world is the lowest. That's what it says in chapter 36 of Tanya. That there's it's the lamata That there's no no world lower than the physical world. And in this world itself, Hashem regrets that He created the Yitzahara. You know, it says that uh, in the Gemara, in Sukkah, that the Yetahara is so bad, Hashem was like, oh, wow, man, I shouldn't have done it, you know. Now, obviously, you have to understand what that means, because how can Hashem regret something? He didn't know what He was doing. But Ke'ilu, it, it's as if He regrets it. And um, the point is, the physical world is the lowest. And then in the physical world, the Yitzhahara is the lowest. There's no Yitzhahara in the spiritual worlds. Up in heaven, the souls and angels don't have a Yitzhahara, right? It's a purely physical phenomenon. It's a phenomenon that plagues physical beings, embodied beings. Now, all the worlds compared to Teda are insignificant right because taita is infinite and worlds are created and uh, and, and therefore infinite uh, therefore finite therefore (parentheses). <pronouns> therefore david as a therefore when david praised the taita david was having a hard time in life and he says hashem your taita is my escape because taita is infinite the worlds are finite no matter how big my problem in this finite world is taita is bigger and David said that as a praise to, to Hashem, but he was punished for it. There's a whole letter in the Geras Kedish of Tanya about this. So if David was punished for even saying that Torah is greater than all the worlds, well, he said they were greater. He said they're greater. Yeah, but you, you still compared it to worlds. You compared something infinite to something finite. That's not a compliment. So how much more so? How can you say that the whole purpose of Teuda is that it should be a remedy for the Yitzhahara? You follow what we're saying here? David was punished for even comparing the infinity of Teuda to the, the finitude of the worlds, even though he said it was greater. Now you're going to say the Torah's greatness, its function, actually the definition of Torah is, it's it's really good for uh, dealing with Yetzirah. That's how you... First of all, you're talking about a phenomenon of this world, the physical world, the lowest world. And of phenomena of this world, it's like the lowest of the low, because that's like as bad as you can get. Sorry to use a bad word. But, and now you're going to attribute Torah's greatness to that? That it gets stains out of your rug. That's what it is. Strange. Well, pia now move on, but according to our earlier discussion, it is understood: <speaking in Hebrew> The essence of Taita, which is one with Hashem, Misbata <speaking in Hebrew> Dafka is exclusively demonstrated through this. Shitavhara <speaking in Hebrew> that it deals with the Yeitzzahara. <speaking> Mesha. <in Hebrew> Because its ability to spice the Yetzirah, to improve it, and in fact to transform it to good, that is a demonstration of Torah's infinity. If Torah can take something bad and turn it into something good, basically into its antithesis, then it's got to be infinite. So yeah, on one hand, it's like a real like, like, like damning with faint praise. I think is the expression, right? You're gonna praise Toyota by saying it deals with the Yitzhahada. Like, come on. And yet, no, no, no you want to see the infinity of Toyota? You see its infinity, and that it can get that low, and it can cause a transformation of the lowest of the low into something good. In fact, into the highest of the high. The Eitzhahudah can be transformed and it can become an asset. It can actually be a motor that drives the godly soul. So that's where you see the infinity of theta. Let's continue. The explanation of this is... All of the revelations, even the highest revelations... Since they are defined as various revelations... So therefore evil, which is the opposite of light and revelation, is... Basically, antagonistic to these revelations. Uba therefore, and they can't transform Ra into Teiv. Rather, Ki'im, rather, what can they do? L'Ilochim Bei, Viad, Shiv to Lagamri. They can fight against it, and they can even eradicate it, but they can't transform it. They can't transform it. Transf- transforming the enemy into, into your friend is, is much more of a radical thing than just eliminating the enemy. So the the various levels of light and revelation, goodness basically, it can fight evil. It can it can even eradicate evil, but it can't transform it. Only Hashem's essence, which is simple in the ultimate sense of simplicity, and it is abstracted from any form. And therefore nothing can oppose it. It has no particular manifestation, so therefore it has no opposite. It's everything, so how can anything oppose it? Something has to be particular to have an opposite. But if something is the essence of all, it has no opposite. In fact, it is inclusive of all. And therefore, It, the infinity, the essence, can actually take ra and turn it into tev. It can turn evil into good. So yes, I get it. You don't want to praise Torah by saying it's a good remedy for for something as low as the Yitzhahara. On the other hand, where do you really see that Torah is infinity? When it can go to the lowest of the low and turn it into the highest of the high. That's where you see it. The fact that Torah is relevant in heaven, and that in heaven the angels want to learn Torah, that's beautiful, but it doesn't show me the infinity of Torah. Where do I see the infinity of Torah? They can get down deep into the into the nooks and crannies, and it can be transformative there. Okay, let's finish it off. This is also why, regarding the level of Torah, which is one with Hashem's essence, it says it is a delight before Him. Like a toy, a pleasure thing, a play thing. Why does it say that? what is hashem's delight Hashem's delight is the refinement of the dark is the transformation of dark into light in other words, you know they say, what do you get the man who has everything Penicillin <laughs> what do you get Hashem who's infinite if hashem's infinite he has everything so what what can you give hashem what Hashem enjoys is the transformation of dark into light. That's what the Infinite enjoys. Vizo that's what it means. It is a delight before him exclusively through the transformation of dark and delight, Mishachekes, Shabbat the delight, Hashem's delight of Torah, Misbatis, Pinnimiusa, that is what brings out its essence, Kamei that aspect of Torah, which is one with Hashem, that's why we say L'Fanov, in front of Him, meaning Torah, Torah manifests itself on all levels, on, in all realms, they learn Torah in heaven, they learn Torah down here, they there's levels, right? But in of, in front of Hashem, meaning what is Taita to Hashem? To Hashem, Taita is this delightful tool through which He experiences the novelty of turning dark into light. I guess that's, if you're infinite, you know, what's, what's amusing? <laughs> if, if you have the dark and the light, if you have infinity, so then what is amusing, what is pleasurable, what's a chidrush, what's a novel, is when you can turn one into the other. And that's what Torah does. Only Toyota can do that. Because without Toyota, you know, it's like a six-foot man with a five-foot blanket. You know, that's what it is. Without Torah, so we're, we're all like six-foot tall men with five-foot long blankets. So you can decide, if, do you want your feet to be uncovered or do you want your head to be uncovered? I know most people don't sleep with their head covered, but some of us are afraid of monsters, so we do cover our head when we sleep. But if you cover your head when you sleep, the monsters know you respect them and they don't bother you. Okay? Don't... Anyways. But if you're a six-foot man with a five-foot blanket, what are you going to do? Right? Okay, you're going to either have your head uncovered, you're going to have your feet uncovered. Right? But comes infinity, infinity can turn the part of the blanket that's not blanket into more blanket. (laughs) It can turn your dark twists and turns of character into virtues. Why? Because it's infinite. Because it's infinite. And therefore, it's not just a particular manifestation of goodness which can compete with the badness. No, no, no. It is infinity which can transform the badness into goodness. And that's where we see the power of Torah. Okay, that's, uh, that's all, all we're going to cover for tonight, and uh, Mirza we will see you uh, next week.